0: May we pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness to us. And we ask, Lord, that uh, we would be open to hear from you tonight about the cross, about taking the cross with us, not leaving home without it, being your people, loved, forgiven, and alive in you, Lord Jesus. You've made it all possible. In your name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from Christ Jesus, our Father, and Christ from God, our Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Some of you may remember Carl um, Malden. Do you? Okay. He, we all kind of were watching during that time. In the '90s hit TV hit Streets of San Francisco. He was a familiar face, but he also advertised for American Express. And the American Express card, if you remember that, and its ease and security that it provided. He would finish with all of the dramatization and the things that sort of occurred with saying, What? Don't, you know it, leave home without it, okay? A familiar phrase, and it worked well because they've sort of brought that phrase back a number of times. If something works, it works, and so it appeals to different generations. Don't leave home without it. It was implied that there was an immense power behind that piece of plastic or those little checks. Today, in our road trip series, we consider the immense power for believers behind the cross and because of the cross. Consider the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 37. He says this, um, as Dr. Eugene Peterson has translated in in the message. Jesus said, calling, or John said, calling the crowds to join his disciples, Jesus said, anyone who tends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me, and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-help, self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose the real you? And read that last sentence with me. What could you ever trade your soul for? Think for a few moments with me as we decipher Jesus' challenge tonight, to always travel with the cross. Never leave home without it. First, give in to the cross. Basically, set aside selfish interests. Jesus, when he comes into our life, changes the trajectory of our life when we understand who he is and what he has accomplished in love for us. Out of immense gratitude and joy, our response should be, I believe what he says. I am in it to please him, not myself. Second, take up the cross. This is our expressed willingness to joyfully endure whatever comes, knowing that God has the ability to plan and to work all things together for our good, even in suffering. There is purpose. Never is God at a loss. He never questions himself. He never questions his ability. He is always able to make everything happen for our good. Third, follow after the cross. Believe in Jesus and his promises. I can get to know him in the scriptures. You can get to know him in the scriptures in daily devotions and prayer allowing his words to define life in every area. I think that the big weakness of the church has always been the fact that people do not know the Word of God. There was a time when the Word of God was not available. It was chained in a church, and people were not familiar with it because they couldn't read it. It wasn't in a a common language. But the Reformation changed all that. And we can go anywhere today. We have Bibles in the pews. We have Christian bookstore, you can order everything online. There's a multitude of Christian materials, but certainly Bibles, the Word of God, that are available to us. And we're encouraged to take time. You may call it a quiet time. You may call it meditation. You may call it just time with the Lord. But it's so important that we spend more than just an hour in church hearing the Word of God, meditating on it. Salvador Dali, a Spanish realist, a surrealist painter, created this canvas in a period he referred to as nuclear mysticism. Now, he was born um, a Roman Catholic or raised in the Roman Catholic Church. He went away from it, and he really denied much of what he knew about God until he got older, until he had experienced life a little bit more, and he returned in a long period ...to his his understanding of faith. And out of that, he wanted to take the things that he knew... ...and put it into the 20th century understanding... ...and picture things differently for people to think. And he used a lot of geometry, which I don't know about you... ...but that was not my favorite subject. I loved art, but not geometry... But he used a great deal of geometry. You see a great deal of of not only mysticism, but symbolism in this picture um, of God, of a triangle, the three in one, a circle. But here's this picture, this magnificent painting that he painstakingly painted to give us a different way of understanding the magnitude of the cross. We all have pictures of Golgotha, the the Mount of Skulls, and the cross um, and all that happened there. It was a reality historical event. But it was much bigger than that hill. God is much larger and encompassing of all time and space and everyone included in that time and space. He used technical brilliance. He used meticulous detail and fantastic, limitless imagination. That's how this painting is described. And you know, all of that is a direct expression of who God is. Where do we get our creativity? Where do we get our wisdom? Where do we get our intelligence? Where do we shape this body on our own and all the intricacies of it that we're still learning that we don't know? All of that comes from a magnificent God who decided that the way to invite people into a relationship, into an eternal relationship, was to give his own son. He so loved the world that here Jesus is suspended over the world in a timeless way and visually expresses Jesus' words from John chapter 12. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to me. You know, on that cross, Jesus had last words. And the last of those words was To tetelestai. tetelestai. That means it is finished. And in the Greek, and I'm going to talk momentarily about the Greek language, but it's very important. God is not, if, if a man who lived and died could be that detailed, how much more God? Is detailed And in the Greek, this word is written in the perfect, passive, and indicative tense. And it's very important that that was the word and the way it was expressed by Jesus. Now, you realize on the cross, Jesus could barely breathe. He was drowning in his own fluids. But yet, he had those seven last words for us to proclaim this message for all time. The perfect tense indicates that the progress of an action has been completed. He did it. And the result of that action is ongoing and with full effect. It didn't just end there on a mount. It didn't just end there on a wooden cross. It didn't just end there with death. It's ongoing what Jesus accomplished there. It will never stop because he is the one who has accomplished it. The passive voice, the next part of that, indicates that the subject of the sentence is being acted upon and then the indicative mood indicated a statement of fact or an actual occurrence from the writer's or the speaker's perspective. This really happened. It's ongoing and it is a personal message to anyone who would come and believe. Simply put, the sin debt we owe to God was and is paid for in full by my Lord and Savior, your Lord and Savior, my Master, your Master and King, Jesus Christ, when he shed his innocent blood on that cross for me, for you, and for the world. It's timeless. The cross brought suffering. There's no doubt about it. It was, it was the worst way to extend someone's pain and suffering for people that we would regard deserve it. But in this sense, he was the spotless lamb who was slain, the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. And some have said this, I desire, I was the one that should have been on that cross. I deserve to be up there. I have sinned. I have separated myself from God. But he didn't. But he willingly went to the cross. It brought suffering but it also brought sweet release. That's why St. Paul wrote to um, the Roman Christians. He said, I am sure that what we are suffering now cannot be, uh, not compare with the glory that will be shown to us. Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble or suffering and hard times or hunger and nakedness or danger and death in everything we have won more than a victory? Because... won more than a victory because of Christ who loves us. So let your Lord and Savior tonight, if you have not or if you need to re-up, be in the driver's seat. Give in to the cross. Take up the cross and follow with the cross after Jesus. Let the cross be your calling card wherever you journey. You and I are his witnesses and ambassadors to the world. There is a familiar hymn. You may know it. So shall our song of triumph ever be. Praise to the crucified for victory. Now you know these words. Sing it with me. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. Why we come to worship, why we come to Bible study, why we have our personal devotions, why we work in the church, why we give, why we serve, why we are members of a congregation, a Christian congregation. It's all because of what Christ did on that cross. We're marked with it. Every aspect of our service begins with it and ends with it. When we're baptized, we are marked with it. It is the emblem of our faith. It didn't start out that way. It did not start out that way at all. The cross, well, many, if you do research, you'll find out that it was from pagan sources before. But this emblem, this horrible way of execution became something more. It became rejoicing. It became an open door to heaven for you and for me. I pray that you will take the cross with you. You will remember what Jesus has done for you and what he wants others out there to know as well. Jesus said, or Hebrews said about Jesus, that it was for the joy of the cross that Christ laid his life down. That is a transformed way of thinking because very often we see suffering as something to avoid. But Jesus kept his eyes on Jerusalem, kept his eyes on the cross. He did that for you and for me. And he's done that. Be the ambassador as you travel, as you live, as you work, as you do all the things that are part of our lives. Know that the cross is what you carry to share with someone else. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, every one of you. We receive our offering.